Hi, this is Brad Inman, and welcome back to another season of Inman Reconnect. In this series, we hear from the top leaders in real estate at Inman Connect Now as they discuss the solutions, the strategies, and the plans to help you navigate your business through this incredible year. Enjoy. The title is Essentials for Getting Ahead in Summer 2020, but I think it's about health. I think it's about human rights. I think it's about a faltering economy. That's my setup. And, you know, jump in where you would like, and I'm going to do very little moderating. Is that okay with you three? That is. Yeah. Who wants to start? We had a great conversation warming up for this. Us three ladies got together and had a, had a little dialogue because, frankly, you could have sent us talking points last week and they would have been irrelevant this week. I mean, I think that's, uh, that's the reality of where we're at right now. So we had some time to connect and talk about uh, what's our path forward right now and you know, the rest of the year and moving forward as um, leaders, female leaders in this business. Ladies, you feel like uh, we, we, got pretty, we got pretty deep in our time and we only have a little time here, but what do you feel like are the things that uh, we really want to take forward from our conversation? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in and, and I appreciate you being such an amazing leader and, and an advocate for just speaking the truth, being raw. And Brad, thank you for opening up like that. You know, I think it's time for change. Um, I think it's, it's very true that there is very little representation in leadership with diversity. Um, and it's time to reposition the playing field. And um, Tiffany's an amazing representation and having a, you know, experience also things regarding being a biracial couple who runs um, a brokerage that not a lot of people look like myself being a Hispanic woman um, and, and I would say shattering some, some glass ceilings that we want to see more representation. Um, in our industry, in leadership, and having a voice, and what's tolerated, what's not tolerated, and not feeling like we have to, you know, hide behind what you know others people others would perceive as acceptable in this industry. Um, it's time to step up as leaders. I, I was sharing with Tiffany and Anne prior to this, Brad, that when I was starting my team and when I was starting my brokerage, I contemplated changing my last name and changing the name on my door because I didn't think. People would respect me as a broker. People would join my team if I was too Hispanic or I wasn't, I didn't fit the status quo. And that was 10 years ago. And I'll never forget someone who told me, never change who you are and lead, just show up as a leader. And there was a limited belief that I had to appear to be different and fit in. And I'm so glad I didn't. And here we are 10 years later. And hopefully we can help other people continue and step up into leadership and dare to be themselves. Well, I, I want to piggyback on that, what Veronica said, because, of course, she and Ann and I had a great conversation before, which is almost a session by itself. Um, but I understood and I related to Veronica a lot when she said about naming her company, um, because I went back, I shared with the ladies, I actually went back five times on the name of my company, and we actually turned around and called it NameGate, um, because we were, we were encouraged to call it something other than my name, but... For if people that know me know me best know that this opportunity for me wasn't just about making money. It was about leaving a legacy and it was about creating something that other future leaders and future children can grow up and aspire to one day. And that for me was the greatest gift that I could give. 
And for that reason, I looked at the Houston real estate market and I know for a fact that our top three companies are named after people. They do over $7 billion a year in real estate and they've been consistent. And what people, and I've talked to different generations and I think in different races of people, and what they all told me when I put the names in front of them, particularly the younger generation was that we like your name, um, not because it's your name, but because it is your name. And what that means is to them, it showed that person could be honest, that person had great character, because who's going to name something after themselves if, they're, if, they, if they have something to hide? And I think that's, that's a really big thing. I think for us, it's important to create a space for diversity um, within the industry. And as I shared with the ladies, you know, being a woman is one thing. Being a, a woman of color is another thing. For me, the biggest pushback I've gotten my whole career has been my age. People have looked at me and saw that I was pretty much a millennial, and that's where things stopped. So people just looked at me and they decided up front what category they were going to put me in or how well they were going to respect me based off how old they thought that I was. So I am excited to join this panel today because I feel like it's going to create a lot of conversation that needs to be had and people that need to be viewed differently. And that that was one of our takeaways when we were chatting was about like the you've got to cut the crap and call it out as you see it that I think it's something that I mean, amongst us and generationally, the generations coming forward in this business, I mean, they need to talk about what's going on. They want to talk about what's going on. They want to have leaders who are going to address it. Um, and, you know, the things we were discussing that these are delicate issues, but you cannot not talk about it uh, within your organization, within your community. I mean, people are looking to us for leadership and it is challenging. It's supposed to be challenging, like the stuff we're all grappling with right now is not easy, but it impacts uh, what we do professionally in such a profound way. You know, we're talking about people's homes and their livelihood. We've, we've got to be in these dialogues, I think. How do we do that? You know, We talked about the sensitivity within your community, some of the populations that you're working with. How do we do that and still maintain those relationships? Like each of you have a strong relationship with your local police departments, right? And we were saying that that's a that's a tough spot to be in right now, but there is a right way to carry that conversation forward. How do you see that being? Well, I think I'll take that one and I'll start with that because I will just touch what's going on in the world right now. I know a lot of people, and this is a conversation that we had earlier, a lot of people are open to that conversation now. Um, and the reason why is because we have visuals of like what's happening. So to see things on the news is one thing, but to actually see video of some of the things that are happening. And it shows you why this is such an importance. And it really has a lot of people, including white people. Now I'm seeing more and more just are like, you know what, what is going on? It's different races of people that are looking at this and saying, wow, this is what's going on. Um, for us here in Houston, it's a big deal because we have a police chief that we highly respect and a police department that we just love. And what's been amazing for us is seeing those the police chief and the police department on the ground walking with the protesters and showing them the right way to do things. I think that's huge, especially because the, um, the victim in question, Mr. George Floyd, is from Houston, Texas. And not only it hits home for me because his high school, Jackie Yates Senior High, is also my high school. 
Um, I grew up in the same area. My parents graduated from the same high school. Um, we have cousins in that high school now. And so it's a big deal for us. But I think the conversations that we have to have in similar to a video I saw this morning as I'm um, seeing a lot of different things. We saw protesters being arrested this morning in different states. And on one of the one of the people that were being arrested, um, the first police guy, he put his knee on his neck. And the first thing we saw was the, the, the rest of the protesters call it out. And we saw the other police that was handcuffing him push the, the other police officer's knee off the guy's neck. He didn't move it at the first time. So he hit it again and he pushed it off. I think that's a big deal because I think we don't want in society, and, and these are tough conversations that we have to have, with the police protect and serve our communities. And they are not the bad guys. It's just like in real estate. You don't, all realtors are not bad. You're just going to have some bad apples in the bunch. And it's just like with our brokerages that we talked about earlier. When we recognize that we have bad apples, we have to remove them. And I think that's what it comes down to so that they don't spoil the whole thing. But we have we have all too often seen people not wade into these topics. We were talking about uh, affordable housing, for example, you know, a subject that sometimes gets danced around because maybe it's not the desired uh, price band for a lot of people in their markets. And, and yet we're seeing leaders and we talked about a few address that within the industry. I mean, we're seeing these issues that for a long time could have been pushed off as impacting someone else come come home. I mean, it's one of the things about. Uh, for better or worse, the advent of a video everywhere and social media is that these are issues that impact all of us. People are just, I think, finally willing to acknowledge that. Um, and so, Veronica, we were talking about at, at home for you. I mean, you have an incredibly diverse brokerage. You live in a diverse community, um, you know, navigating some of these conversations. And are you finding, you know, this next week, this, uh, the rest of this year, will this change how you're moving forward with your folks? I think that our office is a unique office because we've always promoted diversity. We've always been known as a diverse bunch, right? But as Brad named this panel, like, you know, how are we preparing for the future? I think a lot of brokers now are going to not only prepare on safety in the office, COVID safety, right? All these new changes, but now even trying to promote, hey, we are diverse. I think a lot of these offices are now going to try to catch up and say, hey, we, you know, we, we promote diversity or we have a... Um, a SOP or a protocol in place where when an agent is determining if they're going to go show a home, the first thing they're asking is, what's the price point or is it within my respective desire price point and or what community is it in? Is that going to play a, p a part of, you know, going against affordable housing or truly representing, you know, all different walks of life of clients, which, Brad, you did an amazing job in New York when you brought on that panel where they did the research on how discrimination and redlining still exists and steering. Um, it, it, that study was amazing. And I think um, a lot of brokerages probably don't have something in place where if it's not within the right price point or the desired price point of that agent, at what point is it where we aren't giving people a fair shot at, at home ownership or um, affordable housing? Um, so I don't know. Uh, I could say that we're very proud what we do with our team because we are very price agnostic and, you know, we, we try to represent everyone from all walks of life. But I think brokers really need to take a good look inside because the, the comment, the theme that Ann and Tiffany and I were talking, that brokers have this belief that, well, they're independent contractors. We can't tell them what to do. Well, that's right. But you know what? If you're going to be part of our team and our culture and represent 
the uh, our mission, then there is zero tolerance for discrimination and and steering people and or not treating people fair just because it doesn't fit your price point. So we have to determine how we're going to fix that internally. And there seems to be an openness, I mean, a, a willingness right now, and I don't know how long it's going to last, but this openness to learn, to understand, you know, people who said, but I mean, uh, housing, you know, discriminating uh, against protected classes is against the law. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen, right? I mean, the the desire to understand what's impacting everyone, the desire to understand what's driving um, the collective rage of the protesters out there. I mean, people seem more open to learning, and that includes learning about our industry's impact uh, on these communities around the country. Um, it seems like there's a desire there. And so as leaders, we have this opportunity to step into that and hold these conversations. We talked about as female leaders that we may be well-suited to oversee these dialogues. Do either of you want to touch on that? I mean, just from your experiences? Well, I think as a, as a woman in real estate, I think, you know, of course, we are a large part of the real estate community. But of course, I know in a lot of leadership circles, as we discussed, it's very limited, even with um, our national presidencies um, and even within within the world. But I'll go ahead and stick to, to real estate. Um, it, I think it's a big deal because as women, I think, and we touched it a little bit, I think we have to remember that sometimes we're our biggest critics. You know, and we touched this where as being a woman in business, especially a woman in leadership, um, other women may treat us different because we are women. I think the first thing is that we have to recognize that and and learn how to treat one another. Um, I think that's a big thing. And we have to have that same level of respect for a woman that we have for a man. And I think that's that's a that's a really telling feature. Um, you know, I am about four and a half months in as a brokerage and I share it with the ladies, you know, um, you know, people have come into my company and we have welcomed them wholeheartedly. Um, and we've actually been a lot more generous to them than they have seen at some male dominated brokerages. But at the same time, when they look at my age and when they look at me as being a woman, you know, they feel like they don't have to offer me the same level of respect. And so as a female leader, I say it's important for we as women to take that respect and carve out that niche for ourselves, because that's the only way we turn the page. Veronica, I love what you said about the uh, super bright male team members on, on your team. You're obviously very proud of your team when you speak about them. You were talking about the uh, monster month that you just had and how exciting that was. Yeah, I, I think that um, it, it's something to be proud of when very intelligent men will believe in your vision and mission and, and, and will be part of your leadership team. I have a vice president of operations and we just brought on a, um, a very, very important role as well, a database manager who has a math, uh, a, a mathematician algorithm, a degree, I don't know, something fancy. But, you know, we just, Brad, we just celebrated 100 homes in the month of May executed. Um, something I would have never, you know, would have even fathomed. We wrote as a small, humble team, a hundred uh, contracts in what would have, we would have believed would have been probably impossible during COVID. But it's because we are a collective group of professionals working together. And I have men who work with me and for me and are part of my leadership team, where oftentimes when it's a woman in leadership or women brokerages, it's believed that only women will work for them. And I think that's another misconception, which I think needs to, needs to, we need to debunk that. And, and Brad, I'm always so grateful for what you've done 
from my career and how you recognize diversity and people being different and going against the status quo, I mentioned to the ladies, you know, in 2017, when we won the most innovative team of the year, you know, there was a lot of backlash on our affiliation and partnership with helping with the iBuyer movement. And, you know, there were very hateful, mean comments that were made on forums like, oh, Zillow's new puppet or, and they said it with bad words or, you know, she's a welfare agent. You know, if it would have been a man, would they have been progressive or would they have been considered innovative? But because it was a woman in diversity, she's considered a welfare agent or someone who can't go out there and build because they didn't know me or know what I had already built, the framework that I had built to build a career. Um, it, the, the, it has to change. This has to change because women are so capable of being in leadership. Minority women, strong women, women who are, you know, again, to, you know, Anne is, runs an amazing brokerage, her and her husband, and, and, and just diversity is so welcome. Had that been someone else, I wonder what, it, what the comments would have been. But I'm so proud that you stand up for diversity as well, Brad. So thank you for that, because um, you are leading the path in that. Um, and here we are three years later, and now it's not an uncommon theme to talk about iBuyers, right? right? And it's kind of that reminder that, I mean, in this moment, um, maybe as an opportunity for everybody to take a hard look at their, you know, their business plans, their brokerages, and consider what a successful realtor looks like. Um, consider what a successful manager or an owner, and maybe reevaluate that, because I think the generation that's coming is looking for something different. And I mean, they're facing this head on, they are facing this moment head on. Um, I know certainly our children, I've had some pretty enlightening conversations with our, our kids and I mean, their awareness of what's happening at 10 and 14 um, is they're, they're there. I mean, they're paying attention. And so this is a really good opportunity for people when they're reflecting on like, what do we do now? What's our path forward at this moment? Maybe it's time to reevaluate, you know, who you work with and who you're serving and be sure that you're really living up to those things that you've put on your mission statement somewhere and, I think it's, I hope to see some of that. Well, I definitely think that's a big deal. And you, and um, touched something that I think is huge and has always been a part of my career are the different generations. I think a lot of times people have always talked about the Gen Y and the Gen X and things like that. But now you're seeing in addition to Gen Y and we're seeing it in our country right now is the evolution of Gen Z. It's that next generation that's coming in behind the Y generation, and they have a completely different mindset. If you know, if you thought Gen Y had a mindset, now look at the next generation coming behind that one. And what we have to recognize is those people are going to be our consumers. And one of the things that I love to do in, in my brokerage as far as planning and that I've always just done in business is future casting. I, I've always believed that you have to future cast your destiny and that preparation and recognizing what this industry will look like five to 10 years from now, I think is huge. You know, for me, I'm on a, I have a 10 year franchise agreement. And so I have an actual 15 year plan. And what I see in that plan, Gen Z is a part of that plan because I know that they're gonna be active. And then as we talked and discussed, um, the Hispanic community is a huge part of my business plan for my company. 
because in the state of Texas, over 50% of the buyers will be from the Hispanic community. And what I recognize, even though that's not my demographic, it is my responsibility. And I say that again, it's my responsibility as a broker and as a major brokerage, because I need to put pe the right people in place that are going to provide these people with the right service, professionalism, and honesty, because that's a big thing that we talked about a little earlier, is that they're being serviced, but they are, because they don't speak the language or because um, they don't really understand, they're not necessarily being taken proper care of, they're being taken advantage of. And so for me to be able to recognize that, I hope, and I encourage other brokerages across the United States that you need to identify with where that um, area is in your market that needs to be properly serviced. And I think that's huge for us going forward because we're looking at generations that are in our future because these are the people that are going to be buying buying real estate and for the baby boomers and the Gen Xers that are going to be wanting to sell and the future Gen Ys that will be selling this is the market share so we need to pay attention to that so I, I get really excited about that demographic because I feel like a lot of people it goes unnoticed um, but I think it's it's the right time for us to have these conversations and I think that as um, real estate people in addition to women and minorities we do need to pay a different pay attention to the different generations because nobody really wants to talk about that. It's like the forgotten about secret, but these are people, these are real people and they're very headstrong and opinionated. And we need to address that animal now because, you know, if we want a business going forward, as far as the future of real estate, we have to consider these changes. And they're going to call out your BS, right? Like they're not going to stand for that generation is not going to stand for it. And even if you don't want to do it because uh, it's the right thing to do, mm -hmm. you, you might as well put your business plan and say you're going to have to do it at some point in time. Mm -hmm. Brad, we, we, uh, we had a long dialogue here. I don't know if this is what you, when you sent out questions for us, I don't know where you thought this was uh, going to go, but we decided this was a conversation that needed to continue in our chat. Well, I'm going to, I hope it does. I hope it can. This was fantastic. And, uh, the fact you were just respectful of time of our audience is something a guy wouldn't have done. He would have blathered on about not all guys. It's not all of us, but, um, that alone. And there's so many lessons in this. Um, I'm glad we did it this way. And I would like to give you and others in the Inman community more authority of Inman, you know? more responsibility. Uh, I think we're good at diversity on the stage and our editorial team and our editorial coverage, but I think this is a profound moment. We got to do more. We got to step higher and do more. So I'm going to invite you to help me um, help us do even more things we haven't thought of because we're in a great position with all the readers we have to make.